0: you know i'm right the podcast that uncovers the origin stories of some of the biggest names in sports entertainment and news joe i'm very excited for our guest today because the two of us of course are stat islanders and this guest has some ties to the island so we'll, we'll definitely touch on some of that of course
1: it does uh According to his bio, he's lived everywhere but Brooklyn, and I was born in in Brooklyn, so uh, yeah, so he's going to have to figure out a a way to cross that off the list eventually. Uh, Also, he likes dressing up as a cannoli on Mulberry Street, which is something that I've done before. Uh, He's a huge, huge fan of some of the local area teams, Uh, so we'll get to talk about that with him very, very shortly, Uh, but he's a longtime uh reporter for new york one here in new york city where we're from uh so we'd like to introduce roger clark to the show roger thanks for doing this with us how are you today hey guys thanks i'm honored
2: uh yeah it's good to uh probably do it it's been kind of crazy the last couple weeks but thank you for the opportunity it's awesome
0: so roger you know before we we really get into anything here i gotta ask you because you spent some time on Staten island can we tell me your favorite pizza place? maybe your favorite bakery and, and your thoughts on, I guess, Ralph's Isaacs.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, like the Clark side of my dad, my dad's side of the family there before the bridge uh, from Mariners Harbor, Van Pelt Avenue, Van Name. They all grew up over there. Everybody went to Port Richmond high school. And when I was a little kid, I lived there. Sadly, my parents split up and I got shipped off to Queens when I was seven years old. But (laughs) All my aunts and uncles still lived there. My grandma lived there. We spent a lot of time playing wiffle ball in the streets of Eltingville before there were cars in the 70s. You know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, all right, pizza-wise, so this is always an issue. I'm a Joe and Pat's guy. Okay. I know there's always the Joe and Pat's versus the Nino's. Um, but I, I don't know what it is. Joe and Pat's is just, for me, is it. Uh, Ralph's, uh, I'm, I'm boring. I like the cannoli flavor, ices because I just love cannolis in general.
1: Yeah, who knows. So when I go to Ralph's,
2: I get more <laughs> cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> which is like it's kind of ridiculous and predictable, but that's what I want, you know.
1: Yeah, so I think uh Joe's Joe and Pat's popular, Danino's is popular. Uh, I personally I love Lee's Tavern. I love that that very thin style bar style pizza. Uh when it comes to Ralph, uh, Ralph's usually it's Graham Cracker uh mm. or red velvet, not spumoni, but uh or uh, cannoli rather but uh my cousin likes cannoli and my mom she loves spumoni and she also loves jelly ring too so I and mean, the next time you go there you gotta try it
0: yeah, jelly it's, ring? it's always been jelly an ring issue is though.
1: awesome how do you not like jelly ring
2: yeah no but you know it's funny because once i moved to queens you know and then we have a place in queens that's pretty famous too called lemon ice king of corona and when i was a kid my uncle charlie who was my dad's brother like really staten island they all moved they all shipped down to florida in the 70s for some strange reason they went down there but he, we'd fight about it because i'd be like i don't know i think Lemon ice king might be better than ralph's and he's like what are you freaking crazy <laughs> like he would like scream he would scream at me and i'd be like uncle charlie it's not that it's not a world issue here it's freaking it's icens
1: <laughs> but it was funny yeah, it's a major point of discussion here in New York. It's where the best the, the best pizza is, the best desserts are. Uh, a lot of places everywhere, and going to Florida, that's still a thing. Everybody, yeah, this from a, here, they go to Florida. They're crazy. Yeah, I mean,
2: they got they went down. I mean, like I was a little kid, but they him and my grandmother literally moved next door to each other in like Hialeah, Florida, and he worked as a cop at the airport. And you know my my and it was my grandmother was growing oranges in her backyard. It was crazy. It was the weirdest thing. So they like and that was di- it was a lot different back then. Like it was, it was just a different. Like I remember going to visit them when I was a kid, and I was like, "Where are we?" Like you know my cousins. It was just weird. And you know all those guys, all the cousins, like they still they all grew up in Florida, but they still have little Staten Island like touches to them, like they're Jets fans and Mets fans. But yet they <laughs> somehow wound up in Florida.
0: It's weird. <laughs> Oh, they, were, they were ahead of a trend ahead of the trend a lot of people going down there now
2: yeah yeah i would say you know but i mean it, back then it was fun you know the only thing i, I have a really lousy memory of visiting them we went to like the local playground and my feet i um i think i had sandals which maybe this is why i never wear sandals ever and i was attacked by red ants in the playground Ooh, wow like it was yeah it was the craziest thing i was standing there like da, 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 like you know i'm having such fun i'm at the playground and all of a sudden i was like ow Oh, oh, ah oh. and it was freaking like it was crazy like i so like i could actually say i've been attacked by reddit you know so there so.
0: yeah. you go know. scary stuff so roger <laughs> you, you're growing up you know move, you, you're in new york city making the trips down to florida but what for you made you want to pursue a career in journalism
2: I mean, you know, originally, you know, it's funny. I mean, you talked. to you guys mentioned sports. I mean, I, originally that was my plan. I wanted to be a sportscaster and I kind of veered off uh, once I got to college. But I just always loved watching the news, watching sports broadcasts, you know, for the like as a Mets fan, we had like Ralph, uh, Ralph Kiner and Bob Murphy and Lindsay Nelson who were classic. And then I really looked up to Marv Albert, Bob Costas all you know, our local guys, Len Berman back then, some of the local broadcasters who did like your basic like sports update you know let's go to the videotape warner wolf all these old guys these guys might be before your time but it you know that it was just i saw what they were doing and i was like wow that looks really cool and i always could talk like my dad called me Motormouth when i was a kid like i never shut up so it just seemed like a natural like extension of my personality plus i could write well that was really all i could do talk and write so what do you do with that you might as well be a news guy i guess you yeah. know
1: <laughs> yeah it always starts out you want to play sports and then you realize you're not athletic enough to do it you can't do it professionally so you want to do it and you want to write about it and you want to follow it and you want to cover it uh we actually had Len Berman on Nick and I once upon a time and he was great with us uh and we've had a lot of Syracuse alumni on with such us such as and, Len Berman such as Len Berman and uh more guys from from Q's and uh, it, it just seems like there are those few schools, uh, Syracuse is one of them. You go there for communications. You go there if you want to be a sportscaster, uh, obviously you went a slightly different path. Um, but how did you ultimately land on that decision to go to Syracuse uh, and how did you stay active when you were on campus in, t- in terms of internships? Obviously that program up there is immaculate and it's one of the best in the country and there's stuff for you to do. So, uh, how did you, you keep yourself active on campus? Yeah, I
2: mean, it was what got me to go there. Really, was it's crazy. This, and I remember, to, you know, I had a subscription to Sports Illustrated back then. There was an article. I think it was my junior year of high school. I went, it's funny. Me and Len Berman went to the same. We both went to Stuyvesant High School and Syracuse. So Len Berman as well. But I'm, I'm you know, thinking about colleges. Where am I going to go? My grades. I was like cruising with an eighty-five. I wasn't like, you know, you know, I was surrounded by 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 eggheads at Stuyvesant. I was like, what am I going to do? I pick up Sports Illustrated and there's an article and it was like, Sportscaster U, Syracuse. And of course, I knew Syracuse from Jim Brown and the Big East and everything, but I didn't know that much about it as a a, a university. And then I read Marv Albert went there, Bob Costas, Dick Stockton. I'm like, are you kidding me? I got to go there. It was that, like, it really was that simple. You know, and I also applied to like Notre Dame, which is like typical because I like, back then I liked Notre Dame football. So I was like, oh yeah, sure. I want to go to Notre Dame. So I'm going to games, you know? <laughs> know. Um, but yeah, but when it came down to it, um, the only school I got, uh, I also applied to Northwestern, which has a very strong journalism program. But uh, the legend is that I was typing up on a real typewriter. This is frightening. My uh, application, it was due the next day and I had to get it in overnight mail. So I'm typing it and my mother's in the other room and she's like, dinner raja and i'm like Ma, i'm doing this okay you gotta eat ma i'm trying to get this done you gotta eat whatever bring it so she brings me a plate of uh, like a bowl of pasta with sauce so i go what the first literally the first fork in it pasta falls off on the application sauce all over the place i didn't get into northwestern now was that really the reason i didn't get into northwestern i don't know
1: could be i think it was i think you were destined to go to syracuse instead i think that
0: was
2: it it was god he was controlling the pasta the sauce onto was, the application. it was, it was the northwest.
0: syracuse spaghetti you know just that <laughs> direction.
2: no i mean and really you know it's funny the only reason and I, I had a buddy aaron jaffe we were really competitive we used to play stickball against each other basketball he got into northwest an early decision so of course i'm like i gotta get it you know so he still to this day holds it like he over my head. Like, oh, yeah, well, I got in, you know, I didn't even know. Oh. You got to Syracuse and Syracuse is just as good. Great. No, I had a great experience there. I mean, I, I have you guys mentioned, I did kind of lose my way a little there. You talked about internships and stuff like that. Like I got to college and I was so busy in high school. Like I was like I was on all these sports teams. I sucked at all of them. I school newspaper yearbook then back in the neighborhood in queens i was in a bowling league and a basketball league i mean i was always running around like a maniac so when i got to college i kind of was like oh you don't have to do stuff (laughs) like that much (laughs) so you know i I went to class i never missed a class you know because i felt like i'm paying the money so i better right but uh i did lose my way a little bit i could have did i always tell like young journalists now like make sure you do those internships make sure you get involved with societies and 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 really kind of you know do you know take advantage of the situation you know because that's i definitely i have to confess i think sometimes i think it set me back a little bit i had a, I was in a like started a punk band with a guy on my dorm floor and we played at like parties and stuff for four years and you know so it was one of those things i mean i think it all worked out in the end but definitely i sometimes if i look back i wish i was a little bit more focused you know
0: so Ron is your I was going to walk us through, you know, in college, was there anybody there that we would know that you, you kind of came, became close with?
2: Yeah, actually, um, Mike Tarico was my assistant sports director and he famously, um, I did try and get on the air at WAER radio, which was the famous, you know, college sports station. And he said, he told me my New York accent was too, too strong. And he said, "Go home over the summer and work on it. Like that was gonna help." Going back to Queens, <laughs> <laughs> and be like, "Hey, oh, hey. you're my friends." Yeah, that ought, that ought to work really well. But anyway, it was funny, and I and I'm an idiot because I put my my the tape that I made for him was on the B side or the other side of a cassette that was uh, that had tape the, the Sex Pistols. Never mind the bollocks on. So I remember I went back in the fall and I, I went to, I was like, can I have my sex pistol stick? <laughs> Which is like probably not the best way to get ahead in the business, but yeah. But Tariko, yeah, now I see him on TV all the time. I mean, he's amazing. I mean, But he did it right. He was already on the local Syracuse affiliate doing sports, like when he was a junior there. So, I mean, it, it, that's a good example of someone who actually like really was like, look, I'm going to do this. And I give him a lot of credit. He's great at what he does, hard worker. And it worked out for him. So Tarico is there. Um, well, so I and Eagle, I know. Actually, I and Eagle, I know from Forest Hills, from my old neighborhood. We played junior basketball together. He grew up in Forest Hills. He's good friends with my sister. Really nice guy. And so, but it's funny. I really didn't bump into him at Syracuse that often, but I knew him from Queens. You know, really great guy. How
0: about that. So for you, what was your first job coming kind out of college, and then kind of walk us through you know the next few years there, or like, you know until you ended up getting to New York one and how that opportunity came about for you.
2: Yeah. I started radio because honestly, you know, kind of like Mike Tirico said, my, my, my TV tape was really bad coming out of uh, out of Syracuse. So, you know, I was, you know, I was kind of nasally and even more, and not and a little more nasally than I am now, but I, but I was able to eventually, so I got back to, to New York, I got back home and I'm like, Oh God, what am I going to do? And I started sending tapes out. We call them tapes back then. To like every possible, like, you know, Flagstaff, Arizona, East Strasburg, Pennsylvania. The one that finally hired me, it took me about, I was working as a secretary in Midtown. And, you know, going in with a shirt and tie, nine to five job, eating two hot dogs and a pretzel for lunch every day, taking the subway. I was like, wow, man, this really stinks. I didn't go to college for this, but. Finally, in like the next April or May, I got a call from a tiny station in Oneonta, New York, where the state college is. And uh, they offered me uh, the afternoon news job. And, and that was the first time I left home and lived by myself. So that was how it started. And I went, I was there for two years. I took a one year break and worked at a liquor distributor as a secretary again. I don't know what it was for me. with wanted to be a secretary, but I almost became a liquor salesman because I got along with, with my boss and he tried to bring me in. He was like, it was funny. His name was Jim Bingarelli, but he was known as Mingo. He was just this big guy from upstate New York. He was Mingo, right? And he'd be like, Raj, <laughs> you should be, you know, what? he'd be like, once Bob Moskalik kicks it, you should take his territory. And I was like, really? Me? A, a liquor salesman? So, but um, out of nowhere, I get a call from Newburgh, New York, WGNY at station that I'd also sent the tape to. This is also radio. And I was like, I literally took a pay cut to take the job there as news director from being a secretary at a liquor distributor to Astoria, Queens. Like I was making, I was like living the the high life. Every Friday I would get free booze. Like he'd let me go down to the state. But uh, I, I I had to do it, right? I had to follow my dreams. So then I went from Newburgh, then I came down to White Plains for 10 months in radio. Then I went back up to Poughkeepsie and I worked up there. Then I got a TV in Poughkeepsie. And then in 2001, finally, I got the gig in New York one, made it back home. So it took me about 10 years to get home.
0: So you're grinding there and you, know, you finally make the jump to TV there. Was that was that due to that whoever was news director on that television station happened to hear you on the radio? Or how was yeah. it a tough transition there?
2: Yeah, it was t- Yeah, like those, the radio station I work at was in if you're in upstate, it's WPDH, it's a classic rock station, really popular. Everybody wants the t-shirts, <laughs> like at events and stuff. Um, No matter where you go, hey, you got a t-shirt, like I'm carrying around 100 t-shirts in the back of my car. But um, it was really a a fun place. It really helped me because the two morning show hosts were stand up comics. And they were actually great guys. They became great friends. And they were very funny. But they taught me how to like, work off of somebody. I didn't really get a chance to do that the other places. But these guys, they were relentless. Like I'd read the newscast and they'd stop me and they'd make fun of me and they'd throw stuff at me. I mean, literally, one time they brought a dominatrix in and she was actually like hitting me as I read the newscast. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. You can't even make it up because it was Poughkeepsie, right? It was a crazy town. But I went, um,
1: to, I went to Marist, I know. So, you know, you probably I knew know.
2: WPDH. I know. Yeah, you know, Noah's Ark, right? And, and you know, Mulca- not, Well, not Mulcahy, he's Mulrooney's, right? There's, I forgot the name, but there's a bunch of places. Yeah, that was my That was my
0: life.
2: Okay. I think her name was yeah. Rock Voice or something like that. She was like, <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, I mean, I was like, when I was up there, it was a totally different lifestyle. Like I remember like I was hanging out with like these bikers invited me to their clubhouse and I was hanging out with the, with bikers and an Ozzy Osbourne cover band. I mean, it was just, everything was like a different like universe. It was actually a lot of fun. I had a great time and I learned a lot, but the one thing is that, you know, we got the New York stations up there and I'm watching and I see eyewitness news and two and four. And then all of a sudden New York one comes on the, you know, on, and sometimes I come back and visit and I'd watch New York one and I'd be like, this is crazy. I got to get to this place. Yeah. Like I got to do I got to go home. I got, I can't, you know, and it was the quest, you know, it was, a, it was, it, it's like, I had to, I had to make it home and, and I did. Um, so that was good. Thank God. <laughs> you know, took a while, but I made it.
0: So I want to talk, want to talk New York home New first. I mean, you got, you got some family in Florida. Nice and warm there. You're from New York city here, freezing in the winter. You go to school in one of the coldest places on earth <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then you, you work in, in upstate New York as well. So uh, tell me a little bit about those, those really cold winters you had in school and then in, in radio.
2: I feel like, you know, it's funny when you're in college, it doesn't bother you as much. You're young, you're, you know, you might be having a few beers from time to time. Right. Um, You'd go, like, I remember walking from the dorms to the bars, like, in Syracuse with a T-shirt because Oof. you didn't want to lose someone to steal your denim jacket. This is the 80s, you know, 90s. So, um, I, I must have had, like, three jackets stolen at, the at, at like, Hungry Charlie's Bar in Marshall Street in, in Syracuse. So, like, you start, so, like, you don't even care. Now, that being said, when you become an adult, right? And I remember, so I didn't have my license when I got to Oneonta. So it was it was hilarious. My boss, the news director, would drive me to town meetings or county meetings, but I'd I'd have to find my way back. So I would like beg like the local town board member. Oh, could you take me back into town? So finally, I bought a a 79 Dodge Diplomat for 500 bucks that I paid off in installments to my (laughs) program director with bald tires. And I would the the Oneonta was a half hour from Cooperstown. The, you know, with a whole famous, but that, but Cooperstown was also where it was the county seat for Otsego County. So I would have to go to like court cases there. Like I covered two murder trials, which was, which was pretty fascinating actually you know, up close like that. But driving that road in the snow with bald tires at a 79 Dodge diplomat was one of the most horrifying things I've ever done in my life. I spun off that road so many times. I was going to get killed. I just learned how to drive. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm in this old piece of crap car with, I mean, it was crazy. So like, that's when winter started to me was like, winter is not fun anymore. Yes. It went from like snowball fights to walking with a t-shirt in the snow. Who cares? To, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically that's like how it you know?
0: Yeah. So at least, I mean, you got out of there, you don't have to worry about snow in September and snow in May. So, but you come back, you finally get home. You're in New York. How did that opportunity come out for you? What was it like for you to, to reach out to them? And, and how, how did your first, you know, let's say your first week or, or first month go? Well, I
2: was lucky because um, Kristen Shaughnessy, who was an anchor for many years in New York One, worked where I worked, upstate. She was from upstate. So she would periodically call when there was an opening. So my, she called my job. My first job was for the first three years. I was the Staten Island reporter. Yep. She called and said, "What do you know about Staten Island?" And I said, "Oh, well, my dad lives there. I, I know a lot about Staten Island." She goes, "Send a tape now, right now!" Like she was <laughs> like, because they basically just wanted someone who knew where it was, you know? Right? You know? I mean, face it. I mean, uh, when you're from there, you get it. Yeah. But some people have never been there. It's ridiculous. I, I still can't believe how many people I meet who're like Staten Island. What? Where? I, I went there on the way to Great Adventure. You know, or Atlantic <laughs> City. Yeah.
0: That was, like, but that's about what, it. What annoys me <laughs> the most. When you're like, like, oh, from Staten Island. They're like, is that near Long Island? Like, No, it's two different things. Wow. <laughs>
1: Stop. There are five boroughs in New York City. Not four, five.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't, I never got it. I mean, it's like whatever. But I mean, but it was good. So it was funny. that I actually took it. They gave me a Staten Island quiz when I went to apply for the job. And I got every question right except for one. And that was... How much does the ferry cost now? When I left in <laughs> 1992, it was fifty cents. But then Giuliani cut it, right? So, to, so he could get the vote on Staten Island. Yep. So I'm like, so I remember saying, "Holy shit, the ferry's free now!"
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: been fun. like I was like, "That's cool." But um, that but that was the only one. I, everything else was like name the high schools. I'm like, yeah, Curtis Wagner, blah blah blah. You know, so that was really what got me the job. I don't think it had anything to do with my on-air talent skills or anything i literally just knew where staten island was
0: that's incredible story with the quiz there and that's that's pretty awesome the other the problem with the ferry is i mean it's free but to get to the ferry you're either paying to take the train very slow 40 minutes or you're parking a ton so and then you got to pay on the other side of it so it's like it's free but is it really? Free? Yeah, it's-
2: Is it real? Yeah, no, I mean, it's funny, but sometimes I would argue with my mom, and I'd go stay with my dad, and at that time, he lived in Dungan Hills on CBU Avenue. so I'd walk to go to Stuyvesant in Manhattan, I would walk to the rail station, right, and I would take that to the ferry and then a subway. It was a long, it was like two hours to get to and from school. I mean, it was better than dealing with my mother at the time, so it was worth it, but
0: (laughs) 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 she's a crazy woman from the Bronx, that's a whole other story. Um, Joe loves the Bronx. I love Uh, the Bronx. So, (laughs) Roger, for you, what is the most memorable, fun event you've gotten to cover? Where, and I'm sure it's probably a lot, but if you want to give us a few that really stand out to you, or like, wow, this—I can't believe I got to do this assignment. It was—it was so cool, so fun.
2: Yeah, one. It was funny. I was just talking with someone about this last week, early about. I think I was about three years in, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but Harlem Little League went to the Little League World Series, and so they. Right, they sent me to Williamsport, on you know, thinking like I'd be there for like two days. You know, they'd lose, and that was it. I was there for a week. They kept winning, so I'm staying in this hotel like outside of Williamsport. It was the craziest, but it was so cool because I'm such a big baseball freak, and it was just fun to like when I'd be done with my assignment, I would just go sit like buy a hot dog and a pretzel and 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 watch baseball. And it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. So that was as always stands out as one of my favorites. I think I was even last, a couple of weeks ago was fleet week. And I, re, I was thinking back to the time they, they, they flew us out in a helicopter and landed us on one of those amphibious assault vessels. And we got to ride it into town. And that was pretty exciting. Just being like those places. I mean, cause those, those ships are crazy. Yeah. It's like a city. So that was, that was good. So that was, those are some of the things that, you know, always, that always stand out to me and, you know, meeting some cool people along the way, you know, like, Right before the pandemic, we brought De- I brought Debbie Harry into the studio and people were like, it was like really exciting to um, have her there. Um, getting to meet some people who you look up to and admire. I mean, you know, I've interviewed like Dallas Strawberry, Doc Gooden years ago. And, um, you know, just all these people, you know, I went down to spring training and I, I, Keith Hernandez was there. So I, even though he was a little, he was a little standoffish, but I did get the interview. So I was happy with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have a cousin. We went to Williamsport back in 03 he was on the Boynton Beach team Florida and they lost to Japan and they got smacked but oh um, man also they yeah. made it all the
2: way to this, the international final
1: they made it to the international final it was 2003 and I'll never forget it and it was quite a, a very weird experience because it's like that place it's obviously its own little league right so it's like they play you know you live in central Pennsylvania and the the middle of Amish country over there, you're playing little league baseball. But then for that two week period, I mean, you have so many people coming there from all over the world and every little hotel and motel across the street, it's like this own little town. It's booked. And yeah, it's quite the experience. And it's it, again, like I said, I didn't play, my cousin played there at the time, but uh, you don't realize how unique of an experience it is unless you do it. So. Yeah. So I said you
2: excited. with the hotel I stayed at, I shouldn't even be telling the story, but. There was, I, there, was a ba- there was a hotel bar. And so it, shut, it closed like at 11 or something. And, you know, the rest of the guys went upstairs. It was like three of us. And, and, and I, I, you know, and I was like eating some wings. And, and the bartender said, hey, do you want to go out after this? <laughs> 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 and I said, where? And literally this place was called Ye Old Tavern. And it was a couple of miles down the road. Drove me in, in like a, you know, like a, a Jeep and went there. And I was like, I must be out of my mind. Like, I, like, how did I know they were really going to take me to the to a bar and not yeah. abduct me? Like, you just really didn't know. But uh, it turned out to actually be a lot of fun. They're like, Hey, this is Roger. He works from a TV station. Hey, like, they're actually really nice. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. It was funny. It was yeah. I'm not sure the next day was nice, but yeah. it was. Um, so you know how that works.
0: A <laughs> little, little hungover there. Uh, so Roger, I know yeah. Joe mentioned the top. You know some of your experiences down on Mulberry Street. Uh, with with the San Genera feasts and whatnot, so what was what's it like covering those those type of uh, your special attraction events where you really can't move around? You're like shoulder to shoulder, and you know, what what's the story that you're you're trying to tell?
2: Yeah, I mean, it can't, look, you know, I you know, obviously being you know part Italian, I have an appreciation for the the feast. It's 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 a great old tradition, you know. In fact, I took Jack, my son, down there a couple of weeks ago, and I was trying to explain to him how. It had shrunk, you know, how yeah. little Italy was, you know, it's less, it's very little, you know, littler. Yeah. Um, Terrible. But it's, you know what, when you're at, the, when we are at the feast though, at night and the lights are on and everything, you almost, it almost transports you back. Right. Like you I almost feel like, yeah. And it's almost like going to Arthur Avenue too. It's just, I think it's yeah. a very similar thing. Like you feel like it's Bronx a Bronxdale for that couple of blocks. So, you know, you feel like Chaz yeah. Palminteri is going to come over and, 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 and talk to you. <laughs>
0: So Joe has big ties to Little Italy, and he also has a a great Tony Danza
1: story to share with you. Oh, from the cheese store. (laughs) (laughs) From the cheese store. Uh, That place is called Aleva. I don't know if you, uh, you remember it offhand, but no, my dad grew up down there. And I remember one year I was doing the San Gennaro Feast, and I've worked the Feast a couple of times, you know, for this friend, that friend, just... Uh, one of those things, but I remember one year I was working in Aleva and I worked the whole feast, which is the whole 10 days starts from Thursday, goes through the first weekend. Then it goes to the, the following Sunday. It's usually the third week of September. So the weather's out pretty nice out. Uh, but I was working outside at Aleva. And, um, so my dad knows a couple people, you know, here and there because he grew up down, down there. And, um, you know, he got to know Tony a bit when he was younger and they're friends, and not super close, but you know, he's walking around the neighborhood every now and then. I used to run into him every now and then. when I was younger, and I was with him, my dad. Um, but one year I worked on Aleva and Tony kind of came in surprisingly, and he's like, "Yo, kid, move over." And uh, we ended up working the grill together, and we were making sausage, peppers, and onion sandwiches, and serving everybody. And oh, that's it amazing. It took everybody about ten to fifteen minutes before they realized, "Wait a minute, is that Tony Danzo over there?" So everybody was walking in again. This is the middle of the week too. I think it was like a Wednesday night. So it's like you it don't really expect that. It was the boss, and I have pictures to prove it. So you know, we'll uh, we'll get into that eventually. But yeah, I, I do have ties to that area very very well.
2: And he was good friends with the the owner of Oliva, right? Who yes. was the mayor, really? Of, of yeah. And and I got a chance to meet. You probably knew him too. I got a couple years ago. Vinny Peanuts. Peanut.
1: You know, yeah. You know, my, <laughs> my dad knows everybody down there. So. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it was. Um,
2: yeah, it was good. It's it's you know, i I don't know, I kind of have this appreciation for old New York and I guess, you know, a lot of it is, you know, kind of disappearing. So it's nice to have a little bit of that that that, you know, looking back, you know, it's it's like um I go up to Gino's pastry shop on Arthur Avenue and when my when Jack was little, I'd bring him in and Jerome, the owner, whose dad was Gino, like will have him come back around and he gave him a hug. And he says, what, what do you want? And he goes, uh, you want a cannoli? And he goes, I like rainbow cookies. And he goes, well, how about I make you a rainbow cookie cannoli? And he takes the rainbow cookies and squishes them into the cannoli. And Jack is like, oh my God, like, this is the greatest thing of all time. But like, where else do you get that? Nobody, people don't do that at chain places or like, you just don't get that anymore. You don't go to a bakery and they give you a cookie. Remember that you went to a bakery, you're a kid, you get a cookie. Yeah, and I miss that. I do
1: miss yeah. that. I miss that kind of
0: stuff, you know. Joe, I no, think you, I think you me and Roger need to go to that bakery so we could create with the the custom. Absolutely.
1: Cream. So Nick <laughs> is uh, between the two of us. Nick is the foodie, right? So uh, he's got a passion for going around and likes reviewing places, like likes doing the taste testing stuff and like that. So um, I mean, he hasn't really. I mean, he usually hits like buffets and like a lot of famous restaurants and stuff, and. You know, recently he did something for l and obviously LMB is oh, still one good. of those, still one of those iconic yeah. places, and it's in Brooklyn, yeah. which you, you would know nothing about. So, <laughs> but um, he doesn't
0: know anything about Brooklyn. That's no, no, he
1: knows nothing about Brooklyn.
0: <laughs> 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 but I think I think you're onto something here, John. These sound oh, yeah, like these, these sound like some great videos potentially for, for New York One Digital. Who knows? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So yeah, like so, like I said, if you need somebody who's a foodie <laughs> who's going to review some of these iconic places around. You know, Nick, Nick would be your guy. Well,
2: what's your, what do you think is the best pizza in Brooklyn? Because L&B, right, is a, is a no-brainer, but then a lot of people love DeFara. The and then there's, like, places like Lenny's, just, like, a simple yeah. place as a Pizza Wagon in Bay Ridge, right? Um, yeah,
0: I would say, I mean, like, you know, L&B's, you're not going there for the regular slice, so it's different. No. So, no, no, I, like, yeah. I like Grimaldi's, um, but it's very yeah, different. Yeah, was, different was right, up, right under the
1: Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Right on. Oh, Totono's.
2: Totono's was good. I don't think it's opening. I think they haven't reopened, but since the pandemic. But Totono's is great.
1: Totono's Over is in Coney good. Island. You mentioned as yeah. far as the the owner died a couple of weeks ago. Right? Yeah, that yeah. was sad. I know. I
2: feel bad. Yeah, I feel that, yeah. was, that was a shame. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, because there's just not a lot of that. There's not a lot of that left, you know. No. There's, there's some I mean, good stuff in Bensonhurst. Though. There's, a, you know, the famous hero shop. Was it called Liani's? Um. It's it's an old. I mean, it's like you walk in there and you know they're rude to you, but it's the best sandwich you ever had. Hey, yeah. what do you want? Hurry up! I know. I felt like I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. That's like there's a pizza place in Queens, New Park Pizza in Howard Beach. Yeah, I knew on uh, Cross Bay Boulevard. You're like you better have your order ready, or this guy's like next, next.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're gonna move on here. Uh, got a little sidetracked with the food stuff. Sorry. Uh, no, no, I you're, good, you're good. To you're good. You're fine. It happens fine. on New York 1. I start talking
2: about food at the end of every segment. It doesn't matter what we're doing.
1: <laughs> you're just like Nick. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, terrible
0: case down here at, at the court. And he's going to be 10 to 15 years, but I'm going to get my hot dog and <laughs> <laughs> take me back. to Not true. Days.
2: Yesterday, I was at an art museum in, in um, Long Island City, and the girl grew up in Woodside and she went to middle school in Astoria. And I said, oh, you must know Rose and Joe's the bakery that has pizza in the back. She goes, Oh my God, I love frozen Joe. So we start talking about it instead of the That's so funny.
1: Stupid. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So, sorry. We're 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 You mentioned before you got to meet some relatively famous New York Mets players, right? You mentioned Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden uh, key components for the 86 team. Uh, so you are a huge baseball fan yourself hear you're a prolific men's softball player now nick and i uh we made our championship game last year in softball and unfortunately we lost because we ended up getting screwed which i'll explain that to you in a minute he's nodding his head over there uh but you are a prolific men's softball player i mean i'm
2: aging sadly but yeah
1: but uh we, we we do have room for one more person on our team we may need a sub tomorrow so if you have any interest in subbing for us on Staten Island I uh, go right ahead of right on Staten Island yeah but um, yeah so you're, you're a softball player talk, talk to us about that uh, well I mean you know I mean
2: I, I play I was a horrible high school baseball player and uh, you know that was the natural extension once I realized I wasn't going to be in the majors you know you play softball so I played with my buddies in Queens I played upstate when I was up there and it's just great you know most recently I played for my bar up here in uh, Yorkville Rifes Tavern. But they stopped the league stopped during the pandemic, and we never got back in. So I haven't played for a couple of summers. I'm kind of I've been kind of bummed about it. But so you're a free I agent. It. I'm I'm totally a free agent. What right position, now. Roger. You know, I'm also 54, though. By the way,
0: <laughs> do you pitch, Roger? What do you play? What pitch position. Uh,
2: I mostly second base and, and outfield. Um, you know, my shortstop and third base days are over because my arm's a little shot. So I like oh, second yeah. is a little bit of a better throw for me. Um, right. but I could not. Nah, I was, you know, I was, I was all right. I played, you know, it was weird. My, the best, well, I love this. The, the team I played on in Queens, we, we made it to the championship and, uh, my best, my best friend, John, John's brother, Mike was the like captain of the team, whatever you want to call it. And we was a best of three series and we won the first game. And then after the game, he's like, all right, boys, what kind of jackets are we getting?
0: Oh, jinxed it. <laughs> I
2: was like, what the, what's wrong with you? He's like, I don't know, leather sleeves. Like he's going. I'm like, stop it. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Of course we get swept the next two games. Was lost, too. So I'll never forgive this guy for like, hey, like, really? Like, you yeah, gotta talk about the jackets.
0: Yeah. So stupid. It's it's frustrating games sometimes. It's fun though. I mean, right now I'm coming off a double header performance this past weekend as it's recording, where I went nine for ten. I went five for five in the first game. Wow. So,
2: so you're like a fun. professional hitter.
0: I mean, I get on base. But I'm 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 also a dominant pitcher. Joe likes to call me Jacob DeGrom, the of the softball. Is it uh, uh arc or, or or modified? Modified. Yeah. Oh, okay. I throw it so yeah, slow. Lee- and it, cr- it makes everybody go crazy. <laughs> oh, because they they all oh, because the timings
2: off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do my best. Uh, I I've been wanting to ask you, really, all people who work on TV, when you're going, you're know, jumping around from city to city, or whatever. What's that process like? You come into the studio, you're in the newsroom, they're saying, go out here. And then how does that work? you get on the subway? Are you driving a vehicle? Are you taking your own car? How how does that work for you on a daily basis?
2: Well, it's changed a lot. And since before the pandemic, I'd wake up, I would take a cab to to Chelsea, to New York one. I live on the Upper East Side. And then hook up with my photographer. And then we get in a vehicle together and go to wherever, place, and then usually afterwards, then we go shoot the story for the next day. Now, since the pandemic, it totally changed. Um, it went now my, my day is I'm on the show with and I introduce any piece that I put together. Then now they gave up, They have us take the car ourselves, the reporters. Hmm. I go shoot by myself um, on my phone. Come back home where I'm sitting now and I edit on my iPad, I edit my own pieces. Wow. Then I write a web story and then, yeah, then I'm done. So the days got way longer over the past couple of years. Like it just, you know, it is what it is. Hey, like it's, I'm saying, I'm still doing good work and putting together good stuff, but definitely the workflow totally changed over the past couple of years. Like the philosophy is that they, they want us doing, you know, a little bit more.
0: So what's the worst traffic you sat in? to go to cover a story.
2: Yeah, it's been bad. I mean, it, it, you guys probably noticed it's just gotten worse. I mean, even... Terrible. This, th- yeah, I mean, this morning, it's sad. I, I really take pride in being on time for, like, assignments. And I had a 10 o'clock appointment in at, in Brooklyn Heights, like, right off of the, the Brooklyn Bridge at Cadman Plaza. I left Central Park on the east side at 8.30. I didn't get there till. 1015. 15, that was like 10, an hour 15. and 40, but I, it should not take that long. So there's a lot more people in their cars. I mean, look, I could take the blame too. I'm in a, I'm in a car. Right. But it just, does, it wouldn't work for me to take public transit from story to story because like, sometimes I have to make several stops. Like, you know, I don't know if you ever guys have seen, but sometimes I'll do these crazy stories where like, I go to like multiple locations or like, I do this thing end of the line where I take a train to the end, last stop on a train, and then I bop around the neighborhood. I couldn't do it without a car; like I just couldn't. Like it'd be impossible.
0: So it's all. Fake. And you're not really taking the train. You're lying to us.
2: <laughs> well, I take the train, you know, for, for the train part. But then yeah.
0: I have to park my car. So are you taking your personal tra- vehicle? Or you have a New York one car truck.
2: They 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 gave they let us take home at the very beginning to because they wanted to separate us yeah you know we didn't want us in the same vehicle so they let me take it home and i've had that since for a couple nice. of years which is good it, you know well parking you know obviously it's oh, not fun on yeah. the upper east side but um but again you know it's the thing is that it, the, my workflow wouldn't it, it couldn't work if i didn't have that because i could be doing a story on arthur avenue and then once i'm done with the show at 8 30 i have to go to tottenville yeah you gotta go see your like that dogs. has actually happened you know So then when do I like, when will I ever get done? Never. Never. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So So for you, what would you say is the worst shift time-wise to work? I mean, you know, the 6 a.m.s, or everyone usually always hates those or the early morning getting up at four o'clock. But for you, maybe, you know, you got a family, you got a family, so maybe you don't want to work late at night. But for you, what, what kind of shift is like not your preference to do something you'd want to. I
2: wouldn't want to work. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to work nights. I
0: like, I like, I
2: always preferred almost my entire career. I've done the mornings, yeah, because I don't mind waking up early. I'm kind of an early riser anyway. You do get used to it. I mean, like tonight's going to suck because the Rangers. Well, we don't want to talk about date this, but like, say there's a sporting event. We recorded
0: this. The Rangers game was going to be this season.
2: Right. Exactly. I should do. But yeah, you know, um, games that go extra innings. No. Oh, when the Jets are on Monday or Sunday night football, which I hate then you're a little sleepy the next day but other than that i don't mind it it's not that bad but then working nights would i think that would have you know i would have missed all that stuff so i'd rather get everything done early and then i could still like take my son to baseball practice or like yesterday was great i got done like around four with my work at editing and everything and we just went up to central park and shot some hoops and i threw a couple you know wiffle balls to him and that was good Sounds that's my like, favorite thing to do sounds like a
0: perfect day if you ask me um does game yeah like i mean one? he wanted
2: to play me he's like let's do 1v1 i'm like oh god so like i'm feeling <laughs> it a little bit today i haven't played one-on-one in a while i mean ah. and then he was bragging that he beat me when i was like dude i could have beat you 11 nothing give me a break <laughs> 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 but he, and let him think he let him think that it, i wasn't trying it's okay now he probably would. he's pretty good he's not that bad i coached him this year it was funny it was uh it was it was quite an experience. It, it, uh, the world of Upper East Side uh, sports is insane because, like, people are so wealthy up here that they don't really care. So, like, people guys would be calling me on Friday night like, oh, uh, Nathaniel will not be there tomorrow because we're going skiing.
0: Yes. Going to the, like, going to the you're system. telling me
2: to, the night before the game?
0: Well, and I, know, like- I know all too well about that because I manage our two softball teams. And people <laughs> tell me around an hour before the game, maybe 10 minutes before, ah. Why not make it? Like we gotta have ten people. We gotta. We can't. We can't be taking the automatic out. It's a real pain. I do. oh, that's
2: the worst. The automatic I do?
0: But I umpire little league. I see the coaches all the time. Like oh, little Johnny over here is not here yet. We only got seven. Can we play the game? So it's tough.
2: No, it's uh. And youth sports is so crazy because well, thank God. Well, it was funny. Um, he did flag football and basketball in the winter, and my family basically said you can only coach one because we do not want you going insane. So I picked basketball over the flag football because the year before I coached flag football, we were like, we didn't win a game. And it was, it was our, you know, I wasn't, I, I don't think it was totally my fault. I was more like the defensive coordinator, but, <laughs> but no, but did, so basketball was fun, but baseball, I don't do, but man, baseball is, I mean, somebody's, we go to these tournaments. Oh. I, it, these people are crazy. I mean, they're absolutely, they're out of their minds.
0: Parents are out of their minds. I mean,
2: there's a, I mean, I don't even want to say, but even on, you know, this parent, like, like you should, a parent shouldn't be on the field with his kid as he's warming up for the game. Like, I've, I'm the coach. I'm like, Excuse me. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I got this.
0: That's absolutely but, wild.
2: Or walking up to them in the dugout after every at bat, like, Why <laughs> did you do this? Uh yeah. It's, I mean, it's crazy. These kids are going to like have be head cases.
0: Yeah. It's terrible. So maybe you've had some, you know, I'm right moments in your coaching career, but in your broadcasting career, we got to ask you what your you know I'm right moment is and what we mean by that is a time where you wanted to do something you ask somebody for advice they say yeah Roger I don't think so that that seems like a bad idea and you were like you know what I'm going to do it anyway and ultimately you will see why it is that I'm right oh
2: wow that's a tough one um hmm oh gosh
0: you guys stumped me here
2: yeah I, I, I knew the theme of the show I probably should have been more prepared
0: hard-hitting journalism here no that's a that's good. Um, Oh, gosh. It could be it could be a part, more of a personal thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, related to your career. Maybe it's like maybe, you, you know, you wanted to pursue the career and someone was like, nah, don't do that. Go be a secretary. And you were like, you know what? Maybe I'll do alcohol distribution and then I'll get into journalism. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be careful with that because I actually, one time I said, yeah, I almost became a liquor distributor. The guy was like, oh, I'm a wine salesman. I felt like a total jerk, you know? You gotta, you gotta be careful. It's a good career. Those guys, I've mean, tell telling you, they made these, these people like most of the time they weren't even like, they weren't even working because it was an exclusive distributor. So everything just sold itself. So it was, it was like, wow. You know, they called me good. from like, you know, Hawaii. Hey. Um, Speaking of Hawaii oh I, got a,
0: I got a nice Hawaiian shirt on. So. Wow. I
2: knew <laughs> that's nice. I've never been there. I've only seen it in the Brady Bunch episode. Went on my
0: honeymoon. 2019. <laughs> Very
2: nice. Wow. That's a good honeymoon.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh man.
2: So what was my? Uh, I know. I know you're right. Uh. Uh. uh oh my gosh. Sorry if you draw, guys. Don't... If you're in a
0: blank, it's, it's no worries.
2: No, but you're gonna add now. But
0: like, I, I should... get, We'll get we'll get back to you at the end with, with your your you know right moment. One well, with your last words. But for now, we could just you know I we we know you're a huge fan of the Mets and the Rangers are the next, just like me i a big fan of the Jets, just like Joe. Joe also a Rangers Knicks fan. Uh, first, I got to ask you, you know, with, with your Queens ties, how often did you go to Mets games, and how often do you still go to Mets games?
2: Yeah, when I was a kid, I went a lot more. It was so cheap, you know, it, and, you know, you could even, like, I don't know, it just seemed like it was more readily available to be able to go to the games. Not as much these, and I, I probably will catch, like, this year actually went to opening day, and then I caught a double header, So I guess that technically I've been to three so far. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's a little more pricey bringing a family, you know, oh, yeah. with, with that, you know, um, but it's not, you know, I like to try also, you know, I think it also dependent on the, on the season. Like, I think th- this, I love this team this year. They're so fun to watch. And I kind of like, I keep saying to, to Jack, my son, I'm like, let's go to the Mets game. Let's go to the Mets game. But you know, it's, it's, it's not that simple. There's a whole, whole process that's involved with going. It's not like when I, when I was a kid, I used to like, it was two bucks to sit up in the upper deck and wow. I used to go by myself. I miss Shay. I know I'm old.
0: But I would go see,
2: uh, like, Siever. Tom Seaver was my favorite player. So once they got rid of him, which was like tragic and I cried, but once he would come back into town with the Reds, and I would always like make sure to go. And my mom was, it's funny, my mom was very strict, but she was also kind of liberal about stuff like that. So, like, the idea of a 10 year old kid just going on the subway by himself to Shea Stadium and going to a Mets <laughs> game, like, didn't face her at all. Like, wow.
0: Imagine. Yeah. As you, like, to your son, go, you go to the game, no shot. No shot. I didn't want to let him walk
2: two blocks to school. Like it was crazy.
0: I was a nervous. Yeah. Uh, so but back the then. Team, that, yeah. Yeah. Those are your four teams. So, you know, the Mets, maybe they maybe New York one, can hook you up with a suite or something, get you in the Hyundai club, bring along Joe and I, <laughs> uh, but between oh, the Mets, man. between the Mets, Jets, Rangers, and Knicks, I want you to rank one through four. You know which one you want to see win a championship most. So one would be the one you definitely want to see win. Four you want to see win, but you want to see the other three do it first.
2: Oh wow! Well, yeah, I I have. Yeah, I mean, I would just I have to go by. I guess I'd say Mets, Jets, Rangers, Knicks.
0: All right. How about you? Like
2: the Knicks, the the Knicks. I've I've fallen. I mean, like they they've aggravated me for so many years that at this point, like. But, like, I feel like I do feel – I'm tied to all of those teams, but I feel I maybe the, the Mets is, like – that's, like, like my life. Like, like it's, like, all right, really it. a- <laughs> I'm
0: the same way. I want to see the Mets win the most. Uh, I'll go Rangers number two, Knicks three, Giants four, just because I've seen them one win before. So, they'll go to last. The other 3 I've never seen win anything. we will close with the Rangers. We'll say, Joe, give us your four rankings. Uh, of, course you, of course, you're a Yankee fan. Uh, and then take us home here.
1: Obviously, the Rangers are going to be number one. Uh, The Jets, number two. It'd be fun to watch a Jets Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, You're never going to see
0: it happen, unfortunately, for you guys.
1: I'm going to put the Knicks three only because I feel like I say this all the time. I I think the one championship that would just totally obliterate the city would be the Knicks. The city would be destroyed. There would be, like, happy rioting in the street. With cars on fire if the Knicks were to ever win a championship. All so right. just for like the logistic purposes of what you would have to do to cover it, especially for New York one. And then we'll put the Yankees last because I've seen five champion- seen I've seen five championships. I was at the 09 parade. So you now I want to see them win every year. They're going to win a hundred games every year.
0: Roger, I gotta, I gotta ask you. you know, any of your teams win a championship? Are you calling up their director right away and be like, I'm, do, "I'm, doing the parade. Don't even think about calling team <laughs> manager. It's, good. it's mine. I need to do that on the candidate heroes I was doing the parade."
2: Yeah, no, I think that's that's gonna have to be, you know, a, I had an old boss used to make me beg him to do opening day. Huh. I'd be like, "I'm the biggest Mets fan here. Why do you like?" I think it was like more like a power trip thing. Huh. Like, I would see, like, oh, so-and-so is going to be covering opening day. And, and I walk into his office, I'm like, what? And we used to talk about the Mets. I'm like, what is wrong? With, like, what? He goes, oh, fine. Like, but it was all, and I, I, I could just see it was, he just wanted me to come in bed. Right, right. you know, which is, which is pretty horrible, actually. But uh, anyway, that's, that is it is what of those. thinking right. about, you know, I'm right. Right. (laughs) Maybe that was my, you know, I'm right.
1: I (laughs) was was going to say that was definitely it. Like, I'm like,
2: I'm the only one, like, I will be able to, like, competently talk about the Mets team and series and the history. Why would someone else go there? So maybe, uh, yeah. And I think it probably, it probably worked out. I probably, you know, sometimes I get a little emotional, but I'm also able to go to Yankee stadium and and talk baseball. Like I could talk about baseball. Like this year, they sent me to spring training and then I went to Tampa and, you know, people are like, Oh, that must suck. I'm like, no, I get to watch baseball and talk about baseball. I don't care what team it is. It was nice and warm
0: down in Tampa Bay in March. Oh
2: yeah, it was fun. Oh yeah, the the poor photographer I was with, I kept taking him to the same sports bar for
0: dinner. Joe was was down there too in
1: March. How great! How great is Steinbrenner Field? It's across the street from Raymond James and the Bucks, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice facility. Not a lot of people realize that. I didn't even know that. I know. It's, the, it's a nice 10,000-seat facility, and it's Yankee Stadium South. The people that packed that place for spring training, and I went three years ago in 2019, the people <laughs> who are there, I'm from Westchester. You know, I'm from Jersey. I'm from North Jersey. I'm from mm-hmm. Central Jersey. I'm from South Jersey. I'm from the Bronx. I'm from Queens. I'm from Brooklyn. I moved here 15 years ago. I moved here 30 years ago. It was the best decision I've ever made in my whole life. We've been coming to the Yankee games down here forever. How great is that experience? It was with the Yankees, and it wasn't Port St. Lucie. You know, how how fun was that?
2: No, it was good. You know, if anything, it's funny because I didn't get – when the, we were there for, at Port St. Lucie for a couple of days. I didn't get to see any batting practice. So, when we get – we went straight to Tampa after being on, the, having, being on the morning show, drove three hours, and then literally went into the field. The first thing I see – is Judge taking batting practice, and of course, I had the press pass, so I'm standing right by the cage. It's a, it's unbelievable to see the power. Like, I don't care if he's not my team, but it was him and then uh, Stanton, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How hard they hit the ball? Like, if you're a baseball fan, it's just the coolest thing to be able to witness that up close. They're like, Willie Randolph walks by. Hey, guys. I'm like, Willie Randolph? Holy crap. Like, it's just cool. It's just a, it's, it's a cool experience, and I'm glad that that it was cool. It took a long time for me to cover spring training. I probably thought I would be doing it 30 years ago, but it was a good finally that that happened. Like, and it was a lot of hard work and I was nonstop and I just never stopped. They had me on the morning show, the noon show and the night show, which was crazy, but you know what? It was great. Like it was, it was worth it. It was totally worth it.
1: Last question from me. And then we're going to let you go. Sadly, this was a lot of fun. Um, But at the beginning, you mentioned you were a drummer. So I, I want to ask, do you still do that as a hobby? Uh, what was your experience like back when you were drumming and you mentioned the Sex Pistols and you love, you love punk rock music. So I wanted to ask if that's your favorite band and if that is not your favorite band, but one of your favorite bands, you know, who are your other favorite groups and musicians?
2: Oh yeah. I mean like, yeah, my, I, I technically, I'm still in a band called Perp Walk, um, but we haven't played in a couple of years, Just, you know, stupid pandemic, but yeah, um, but yeah, I love playing. It's a good outlet. We played it, you know, played at some small clubs and some funky places. And um, I've been playing since high school. You know, I had I had a band in high school. But band wise, I mean, you know, it started with like the classic rock stuff. Obviously, like so, you know, figure I'm 54, so I'm growing up and I'm listening to like still the Doors and the Who and the Kinks and the Beatles and the Stones, like you know, all that good stuff. And then as time went by, I learned about the Clash and you know the Sex Pistols and the Buzzcocks and. And then I like, believe it or not, I actually like, um, hardcore music, which is like the really crazy punk stuff. That's like, you know, like, oh. um, yeah, there's some good, there's actually, yeah, there's tons of bands from stat, there's bands from Staten Island too. And, uh, Murphy's Law, Gnostic Front, you know, bands like that. There's a good band from Staten Island called Engage, uh, no, Enrage, I think they're called. Really? Then,
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> know, but yeah, no. So I love, uh. Yeah, so I'm a rock guy. I mean, anything that I always say, anything that rocks, you know, guitar, bass, drums, keyboards. You know, I like, you know, I like Springsteen, which punk rock guys don't understand. That they're like, how do you like that guy? I'm like, well, oh, because he's young. He's Bruce. I like Billy Joel. <laughs> I mean, I like Springsteen better than Billy Joel, but Van Halen. I like metal, like Motley Crue. I'm going to see right. Motley Crue, Def Leppard um, uh, in a couple of weeks at City Field. So that's gonna be weird. So when you say they still alive,
1: music, wait, when you say hardcore music, do you mean bands like Scream and? there's a band here that I used to listen to when I was younger. They're like H2O. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. H2O. Go. Yeah. Along those lines, like really there crazy stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I like Slayer,
2: Metallica, Anthrax. I, I, I've i like kind of like embraced a lot of different, you know, genres of rock over the years, like, you know, when they be, but so like, it's hard to even say what my favorite groups are, but you know, I, yeah, I just, I, I love music though. Like my favorite thing to do during the week, like when I finally have time to myself, like, I will take a long walk in Central Park and just put my music on and, and relax that way. You know, it's a good way to do it. It kind of, I feel like, especially, you know, you guys probably had this happen. Like remember like in high school or like you go through some tough times and you have that song or that artist that you could listen to. And it really like kind of brings you back to like reality a little bit. So thank God, thank God. Like for me, it was the kinks and Bruce Springsteen back then. And then you get a little older and it's fun. Music's great. I like music. I like movies. I'm a science fiction geek, so I like Star Wars and Star Trek and all that crap. And
1: <laughs> just like my grandma. My grandma loves sci fi stuff. And listen, I like soft rock and I like violent rock too. So I understand. Yeah. I totally understand that. You have, um, yeah,
2: you have to write. You have to have a little, like, I have this one mi- Spotify mix that's like, I have like the Hooters on there and <laughs> like Alan Parsons' project. I was like, weird crap, you know. And my son's like, what is this? I'm like, Don't worry about it.
1: It's all right. He'll learn. <laughs> it'll learn eventually uh but raj thank you again for doing this interview with us no yeah, i appreciate t- it this what was a lot blast. of fun uh it, it feels good to talk to somebody who's real true blue, uh, true blue new yorker like yourself oh uh, thanks you gotta get you gotta hit brooklyn now you got to get to know the borough a little bit better it seems like you <laughs> wow. really you really know the other four but uh we'll 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 get to that eventually but again thank you again for doing this with us hopefully you can come on again and do this with us again. Yeah, today. anytime, guys. Anytime. Let's, let's go Rangers at the time of this recording. Um, you know, hopefully the Mets or the Jets can can bring a championship to you. But uh, what we do here is we always give our guests the last word. So if there's anything else you would like to share, if there's anything else you'd like to promote, by all means, go ahead. The floor is all yours. Once again, we appreciate this and we'll stay in touch. And hopefully we can have you on again in the future. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I just hope everybody, you know, just
2: – enjoy hopefully it's going to be a nice peaceful summer in new york city and get out there and and yeah get out there and, and and enjoy all the good stuff that we have to offer here like we what do we talk about this whole you know we got the best pizza we have bagels we have great parks a lot of hidden gems you know seek them out go find them whether on staten island the bronx me brooklyn right i mean go find like there's places that you just don't even know exist in this town and they're there. And I like, that's what I do for my job and I
0: love it. So go find them. All right. Roger that. can He's
1: been waiting. He's been waiting for 60 minutes to say that.
0: You know, it. <laughs> it probably made sense to say it there, but Roger, it's been a real pleasure and that's going to do it here for this episode of you know, I'm right? So far, very special guest, New York ones, Roger Clark. I'm my co-host Joe Calabrese. I'm Nick Durst, and this has been you. No, know, ah, right. <laughs>